G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Thursday, we'll have to check in with Family Voice Australia. Greg Bondar is Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg's back with us. Greg, welcome back to 2020. Yeah, thank you, Neil. Delighted to be here. Greg, some big stuff happening, and there's a certain sense of anticipation about what's coming with the idea of religious freedom legislation and such things, likely to be this year before a federal election. But Family Voice is urging the federal parliament to appoint an ambassador for religious freedom, and you're suggesting that this appointment not only looks after our own internal issues around religious freedom, but also advocates for religious freedom around the world. Uh, give us an insight here, because I'm, yeah. I'm excited about this uh, idea. Yeah, thank you, Neil. Look, um, we've been talking to uh, George Christensen, as you know, Queensland uh, member, uh, Queensland member of uh, part of the federal parliament, and um, George is also calling for the appointment of such a position. Look, the issue is, Neil, that if you look around worldwide, you just have a look at the daily news, and and we know, and I know that I get in my daily inbox daily, you know, emails all up from all over the world, and Christian persecution is on the rise. It is it is now growing at a faster rate, in my opinion, than any other persecution. You only have to look at countries like, like Nigeria, Communist China, North Korea, the Middle East, Pakistan, West Papua, where oppressive oppressiveness against Christians is almost at a daily occurrence. Now, this is a real issue because, as you know, the new Attorney-General, Michaelia Cash, has taken over from Christian Porter. The issue of religious freedom, the proposed bill, is going to come to a head very shortly. And we think that out of that, there ought to be some sort of... Uh, um, provision made for an appointment of a of an ambassador that could speak to other countries about this constant persecution of Christians worldwide and locally too through cancel culture, wokeism and what have you now. And it really opens up the vista to what's happening around the world if we had an appointment here in Australia that wasn't just dealing with a few, uh, you know, fringe issues around the edges of religious freedom and some people think it's a smaller issue and I think you and I appreciate, Greg, it's a huge issue, religious freedom. Mm. It's freedom for everyone that's being discussed when we discuss that. But the idea of having a bigger picture uh, that brings the religious freedom ambassador into not only a a domestic context, but also a foreign policy context. Mm. That's a very, very powerful thought. Well, it is. Look, look, let let me give you some data. More uh, uh, More than 340 million Christians suffer high levels of persecution and discrimination for their faith. That's one in eight Christians worldwide. But look at this, Neil. The top 50 countries alone, 309 million Christians suffer very high or extreme levels of persecution and discrimination. So it's not a thing that we're making up. It's not a thing that we're being alarmist about. It is actually happening. And where is the mainstream media? 
Where are our local politicians? What is happening in terms of making this an issue for all Australians locally and worldwide? Really, Neil, it's, it's a case of let's do something about it. Let's make it an issue. And if the Religious Freedom Bill comes to fruition, which I'm praying it will, then there's going to be a real opportunity for the government to look at an ambassador for religious freedom now. And given, Greg, there is this rising tension with China and uh, the issues that are going around our region, uh, there is certainly a real value in being able to point out that what happens when there is a rising dictatorship uh, communist dictatorship, anti-Christian dictatorships, uh, and that's happened in North Korea as well and Middle Eastern nations and uh, uh, in African nations as well. Uh, so to be able to speak into those, someone with that capacity undoubtedly must be a positive for governments to be thinking that this could be an Australian initiative. Absolutely. I mean, Neil, if you look at Nigeria alone, and I know organisations such as, um, I think, Barnabas Fund, they're doing some wonderful work, but... We just have to look at the media. Nigeria is, look, they're daily, you know, pastors are being, you know, uh, discriminated against and there's all sorts of atrocities occurring. Neil, it is a real issue and an ambassador will be able to vocally say to these countries, look, do something about this. We believe religious freedom and freedom of speech must exist in a, in, in a universal world where, you know, everybody has the same uh, freedoms and equality. So let's make it a reality. Let's get this issue on the agenda, Neil, and, and what better way than, a, an, than an ambassador for religious freedom? You know? I think listeners are going to agree with you, Greg. What better way? Because if you have an ambassador for religious freedom, you don't just have a few words on a piece of legislation. You actually Correct. have flesh and blood, a person mm. who has the ability to speak out against atrocities that are going on around the world yeah. and in all forms of uh, religious freedom issues. Hey, other things to talk about, uh, let's talk about uh, some overseas examples of churches detaching from biblical foundations. Uh, there's a Swedish Lutheran church uh, calling themselves a trans church. What's happening there? Look, now, look, I, I know you and I have spoken about this before and I've alluded to this dozens of times. The churches are going more and more into this woke cancel culture, progressive left-wing type uh, approach to try and attract more congregational people. The issue is, Neil, that they are moving away from biblical foundations. Now, to call a church trans church is really the wrong way to approach this, in my view. You know, the, the, the church is saying, oh, look, we've got employees, church wardens, elected representatives who define themselves as trans people. Okay, so be it. But you don't make the church, you don't accommodate a small section of society. And, and, and you know, transgenderism is a small section, you know, at the expense of the majority. So these churches are now going more and more to the left, to the progressive type of um, uh, sort of movement. But the issue with that is now, I've got to tell you that this particular church has seen a significant loss of members uh, in the last past few years. And is it any wonder, Neil? Well, interesting, isn't it, that a lot of churches would see as a part of their ministry to have some subset uh, in their church that will be able to support and 
uh, enable people uh, who are in a trans uh, issue and dealing with those issues that they might have and wanting still to connect with a Christian context, there would be churches that would have those ministries in place. But as soon as you've got that detaching from the main body of the church, uh, you've got a church formation, haven't you, that isn't in a godly image, but really in a more of a humanist image. It's uh, you know, it's trying to create yeah. church apart from what the biblical position and the biblical image yeah. might look like. Absolutely, Neil. I mean, this particular church back in 2019, now wait for this, Neil, in, installed a church altarpiece called the altar Adam and Steve and Madam and Eve. Now, for goodness sake, Neil, really, and not in that back in 2009, it accepted same-sex marriage. Neil, this is getting away from the fundamentals of Christian faith, and it's wrong. And to try and appease a small section of the community... It's the wrong way to go. Now, you and I both know, Neil, a church is for everybody. I don't care who they are. Come on in. God welcomes you. We welcome you. But we don't go out of our way and have altars and, and, and all sorts of paraphernalia after a small section of, um, uh, of society. For example, do we have a, an altar now for uh, rapists? Do we have one for murderers? Do we? It's not on. The church is for everybody, Neil. We welcome you with open arms, and we are saying to you, God is waiting for you. But we don't go out of our way to try and appease a small section of this left progressive type thinking, Neil. And when you use that word liberal, becoming more liberal in the way that they Mm. think about truth, uh, that means that uh, those fundamental beliefs of the Christian faith are in question because you are liberalizing yeah. what you think of those. And so uh, that's the way you might uh, you might categorize those who are moving outside of uh, the yeah. typical norm of the church. Hey, uh, speaking of trans issues, uh, there are some voices speaking up here in Australia about oh. some of the developments that are going on around sport. Senator Claire Chandler in Tasmania. Uh, she's uh, in to fight for uh, women and their capacity to have women's sport because that's under threat right now. And you had a you had a webinar on Monday night. Give us yeah. an insight here into what your webinar was yeah. about. Yeah, thank you, Neil. And as I said, this fits in perfectly with this uh, Swedish uh, church that we just spoke about. Look, Senator Claire Chandler uh, was our guest on Monday night in our webinar, along with a chap called Walt High, which I'll get to in a moment. But Senator Chandler, and I've got to tell you, Neil, she's absolutely magnificent in her uh, approach to this issue. She's logical. She's also very, very practical. And she's called on government, in particular her, her own um, Liberal Party, to make a motion to, to, to have specific female sport facilities. In other words, if you're a female biologically, you go to a female toilet. If you're a male biologically, you go to a male toilet now. That's a resolution that was actually passed in terms of uh, the, uh, the Liberal Party policy. Now, the other thing is, though, that it excludes, it, obviously, the trans people. Well, this is a real issue because she's now saying if it keeps going along the way it is, what's happening is now that the trans people are now saying, I'm a man, I'm a woman, I am a man biologically, so I want to play women's sport. Well, Senator Claire Chandler is saying no. You can't do that. That's a disadvantage. It's not biological. It's not practical. And it certainly doesn't accord with our thinking of male and female. And just now I heard on the news not long ago, they now have at the first time 
a transgender Olympian performing. Now, what category is he or she going to be in, Neil? The, guy, the world's gone mad. We need to make this an issue and support Claire Chandler in her, in her petition to Sports Australia to make sure that men are excluded from women's toilets, even though they're transgender and women, of course, who become men are excluded from men's toilets. So, Neil, there's a real issue, real local, and we've got to support this senator. Uh, well, uh, that's a New Zealand weightlifter, I think, uh, that we're yep. likely to mm. see competing yep. in the Olympics that's coming up. And mm. uh, that creates a huge issue because uh, one of the things in the more woke narrative, as you'll know, Greg, is the idea yeah. of inclusion. And if you're not an inclusive person, then you're bigoted and discriminatory. But uh, there's going to be a sense here when we talk about female-specific sport facilities, which is that initiative of Senator yep. Claire Chandler, that there won't be a single woman who would see that as being discriminatory if you're actually protecting the ability for, for women to even have sport at all. So Correct. there is a certain bit of common sense that we would hope will prevail there. And and uh, so certainly uh, keep Claire Chandler in your prayers. And uh, so as that, as that uh, detail goes through. Uh, you also had a guest on the program, Walt Higher. Some yep. listeners will be familiar with that name. Give us a little uh, description of Walt's history. Yeah, look, Walt's a fascinating chap. Back in 1983, Walt undertook gender reassignment surgery. Uh, he became a woman. Um, he did transition 25 years ago, and he is now saying it's the biggest mistake that he's ever made in his life because what he's saying is if you think you have gender dysphoria, then hormone and sex changes, genital surgery won't solve your problem. It just won't solve it. And in point of fact, he actually said that that uh, uh, transgenderism is the uh, it's the modern day frontal lobotomy. In other words, he's really making this an issue. And and the important thing that came out of this, Neil, was that that he's saying that up to twenty percent of people had regrets about their sex change. But more importantly. The proponents of saying gender dysphoria occurs, da da da, and, and, and people commit suicide, which I really am sad about. But have a look at this, Neil. If you've had transgender surgery, you are the suicide rate is twenty times higher to, if, if compared to other forms of suicide. So that's a real issue, and that's never made clear by those that are saying, "Oh, yeah, transgender is important." But if the suicide rate is high, Neil. We have a real problem. We have a real problem and we need to address it and we need to pray for those considering, uh, you know, transitioning to to a male or female male. What doesn't seem right to some people who think that Christians are so anti-trans, uh, you know, will be accused of hate speech and such things, uh, is that the only people who are speaking up for the well-being of people with gender dysphoria and transgender issues are, in fact, the Christians. Uh, even those who are advocating for the trans uh, movement are really uh, locking people into uh, something yeah. which is going to be a lifelong medicalization, And uh, as you say, uh, all sorts of issues that develop a little later on, because from what I understand, the rate of suicide from people who've gone through trans mm. issues uh, is huge compared yeah. to uh, the ordinary population. So as Christians, we speak up on behalf of uh, those people who suffer uh, gender dysphoria and transgender uh, issues. Mm. 
yeah. this idea of suicide, though, uh, people are not talking about that the way they ought to, Greg. No, and that's the problem, Neil, that, you know, we're always, to- I'm always told by people that are favouring, you know, uh, transgenderism to say, oh, you know, look, t- children and adults and, you know, they're likely to commit suicide if they're not allowed to trans- transition to to their thoughtful sex or whatever. Or, or, or whatever. But guess what? If Once you've transitioned and... And, and, and you've undertaken surgical reassignment, the suicide rate is 20, 20 times higher. Now, that concerns me, and they need to be in our prayers, Neil. And why isn't that issue being highlighted by the mainstream media, by the proponents of transgenderism? You know what? They don't want us to know. They don't want us to know that it doesn't work. 20 times more likely to yep. suicide uh, when you are down the track uh, yep. with the transgender uh, surgery. And uh, so uh, the Christian position there, protecting people from Correct. children through those young years so that mistakes are not made, uh, sounds for some to be harsh, but uh, really that's the loving yeah. position to take. Greg Bonda, appreciate your insights yeah. as always. Uh, you've got uh, some more initiatives. What sort of campaigns can people follow if they go to the familyvoice.org.au website? Yes, please. Now, look, I have to make it perfectly clear. We want everyone to support our Born Alive campaign, our, our, our campaign to make sure, uh, as you know, George Christensen's camp, um, campaigning on this. Uh, there's a private members bill going up very shortly. We have to make sure, Neil, that everyone supports the fact that if a child, a baby is born out of abortion and it's alive, that that baby is kept alive. So it's very important that we make sure that that is the case. But at the moment, as you know, sometimes they're just left there to die, you know, which is absolutely sad. We need to make sure that we value life as God intended it to be. Greg Bondar, uh, keep up the great work that you do with Family Voice Australia. Greg Bondar is State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Familyvoice.org.au is how you can connect with Greg, how you can find those campaigns, uh, support those campaigns for Family Voice Australia. Greg, thanks so much for the update today on 2020. Thank you, Neil, and God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.